Exercise can kill you. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned, the podcast from us at The Focus Group. Be sure to learn all about us at focusgroupradio.com. And uh, also check out our show, The Focus Group, with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which is released every Wednesdays and in audio form on Saturdays. While you're there, you'll see our sponsors uh, there as well. we like you to support them, including Critics' Choice Video, who has been with us since the start of TFG Unbuttoned. And uh, later on in the show, Mr. Nash will uh, talk to us a little bit about Criterion Month and uh, play our game Pick That Flick. So stay tuned for that toward the end of the show. Pick that flick indeed. And let me just tell you something about our listeners. All of you listening, congrats. I mean, we, you know, I, when I choose the clues from the movies, um, you know, Bob years ago, you, Tim used to have this joke that John says, Bob picked that, you know, I used to make Bob pick the clues for the movie game when we were on Sirius. Um, I had chosen a bunch of these and I created the clips, usually eight seconds long. And, Bob says, no one's going to get this. And I'm like, you know, we'll see. And I got to tell you, we had some great, we had good guesses. A lot of people won. And I even love the ingenuity of some of our listeners. We had a gentleman who sent us a correct guess. And he said, you know, are you still doing the socks? And I thought, <laughs> bingo. All right. If you don't want a DVD or a Blu-ray, I'm happy to send you a pair of socks. So, And then another one was like, if, if I win, I'd like my sister to get this Criterion movie. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. You got to really love it. And so... Lots more to give away, and we'll do that later in the show. But uh, yeah, here we are in September, huh? Yeah, it's uh, you and I were ta- just talking about not that it's uh, oh the day after yeah. cliche. Well, the day after nine eleven, but uh, how glorious the weather was that day. Anyone who remembers September eleventh, particularly on the East Coast, it was just a as you said a perfect fall day. And uh, it's not the case, uh, or was not the case yesterday. Certainly, it was it was muggy, and uh, would you say overcast and rainy? But I can't believe it's been 22 years. Oh, boy. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I remember, well, I actually saw the second tower collapse from the roof of the office, the building we were renting our offices in back in the day. And I remember just how New Yorkers in general were like, well, yeah, when it started, when it first happened, people were like, well, there was that plane that hit the Empire State Building. Right. And then as the morning evolved and the scale of it and the horror and the the intent, and then you realize, wait a minute, this is actually, you know, then it just, yeah, just got crazy. Yeah. I remember I was able to get a hold of you. You were on the roof of your building. Mm-hmm, but you called, yeah. When I got, when I got a hold of you, but it, I took, took the morning off. I was going to get a, a tooth implant. And uh, so I, I remember going to the dentist and, and the, the two hygienists there were just very brushing. Ah, no big deal. No, not a big deal. Because I said, have you seen what's going on? Ah, nothing. And uh, certainly that unfolded to be much more than just uh, no big deal. Mm. But um, yeah, it was certainly a shocking thing for uh, for all of us and for the country. And, uh, yeah, and the world we're in today very much is uh, the causality, right, of that event. Just oh, yeah. think of everything that spiraled out from that one event and uh, tragic, huge event. But yeah, well, the the false Iraq war. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, we just finally got out of Afghanistan. I mean, we still have to take our shoes off at the airport. 
which is yeah. crazy to me. <laughs> the shoe bomber. Oh my god. Like I'm yeah. MacGyver. Like I'm gonna take my toothbrush, yeah. to- tooth toothpaste, and a water bottle and make a bomb. Yeah. I, I, if yeah. I could, I certainly wouldn't be flying economy. I have two two memories of that. I mean, I, I have a lot of memories of 9-11, but two emotional ones that are interesting. I remember the night of 9-11, I just couldn't be in the apartment any longer. And I decided to take, I, was, I thought I'm going to do some laps around Central Park on my bike. Let me stop I, you there for one second, though. Were you able, because your office was quite a ways from your house. You were downtown. Yeah. Did you have to, were the subways running or did you have to? They were. The MTA did an amazing thing. They suspended service below a certain point because of the, where the trains passed through in terms of the uh, trade towers. But we could get uptown. Yeah. So we were uptown watching this all on TV. And I said, Bob, I got to get out. So I get on my bike and I go into Central Park, which I thought would be empty. But it was quite crowded with uh, joggers and cyclists. And everybody was like not in, it was a very, the headspace you could tell was very strange. And this guy rides next to me and and he's like, can you believe today? And I'm like, I just, you know, I said, I can. He goes, well, I'm riding. He goes, I'm riding today right now because I knew people in those buildings and I'm doing what they can't do right now. Because he, he had friends he would cycle with who had who'd perished in the World Trade Center. And that just really struck me. I was like, wow. <laughs> you know. And then another thing I'll just say is like three weeks later, um, three or four weeks later, almost a month later, I was coming back across the George Washington Bridge from a bike ride in Jersey. And I always had the habit of looking downtown and, you know, the trade towers used to anchor lower Manhattan visually. And then you could, if it was a clear day further out, you could see the Statue of Liberty. And I remember looking downtown and, and looking and I saw the statue and I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful day. And my brain almost froze because I thought, is it, did it take so little time for my brain to edit out the fact that the towers weren't there anymore and it became normal? You know what I mean? How are we do that visually? Yeah. It's very strange. I, I, I was taking Amtrak up for the first time to go to the agency oh. <laughs> and out of Philadelphia. And it was interesting because you, same thing. You look out the window to the right and you see the World Trade Center as you're, you're getting close to New York. And we just remember the train slowing down. Nobody said the conductors, nobody said anything. Just the train kind of slowed down almost to a crawl. And then everybody just looked in dead silence out at the out the window. And, you know, you could just hear a pin drop. I mean, it was really quite an odd, odd sight because you're right. It was for all, for many people, it was just a, an anchor spot. You, you Oh, there's Manhattan. You know? Yep. So, but uh Yes, it's amazing to me that I tried to think what happened in 22 years. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. In other ways, it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> uh, like so much. We were in our life, 30s, right? John. Yes. Yeah. We were full of uh, optimism, With vim dark and vigor. hair, big dark hair, and, you know, air, air, air just say air, right? Dark air. hair and all, all that goes with it. So, but, um, well, thanks for indulging us with that uh, memory of, uh, of 9 11. We, um, we have three stories that we share with you is how Unbutton works. And uh, the first one John found, it's an opinion piece from a, a writer named Dan Clark. And the headline is, I have never in my adult life felt less safe to be openly gay in public in the U.S. And uh, he says he came out of the closet when he lived in upstate New York almost 20 years ago. And uh, he said he never thought that there would be the idea of having to go back in, but he was wrong. And he said that recently he started to change how he presents himself in public, how he acts, how he speaks, um, based upon somebody who screamed a slur at him in his face and then walked away through the car window. And I, I read through this, and I know you've got a, certainly some opinion on it, and I was trying to, I was trying to digest it to say, 
God, is it three steps forward, two steps back? Um, maybe so. And they, they cited some Gallup polls and other polling about people's acceptance of LGBTQ people and how essentially in, uh, in a few years it's actually declined up by 8% percentage points in terms of, terms of acceptance and uh, kind of the world we live in. What was your... Uh, what was your take on this piece as you as you read this? Well, um, I when I first read the opening, uh, I when I he says when I came out of the closet in rural upstate New York almost two decades ago, I never thought I'd be going back in. I was wrong, and I did the math and I thought, okay, if he came out two decades ago, which was like two thousand and three, and maybe he was sixteen or eighteen, you know, it, he doesn't say what age he was at when he came out. But when he came out, he came out at a point in our cultural history where it was starting to be not such a huge thing. I mean, it always is a big deal, and I'm not never going to mitigate that for each individual passes this thing on their own terms. But and I just sat there and I read this and I read this whole thing and I thought, oh, yeah, he didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s, the 70s, 80s and 90s, specifically the 80s and 90s with HIV AIDS and the backlash against the community and the religious right, you know, well, you know, this comes from God, you deserve this, blah, blah, blah. Right. So we, you and I navigated a world, the, the world he talks about where he now is, he's careful about how he dresses and how he presents himself in public. I, I recognized it as the world I lived in when I got out of college. And that's what you did to just, you know, right. it's not that you faded to the background, but you modulated. You and I used to always say, as our marketing and advertising guys, the first brand we ever learned how to manage was our own personal brand, especially right. our sexual identity uh, before anything else. So this reminded me of of pre, you know, Will and Grace and all the other st stuff there, Ellen coming out, the whole bit. This just felt, you know, that he, that he dropped into a world where it was starting to become accepting. And then it's the, the two steps back, like you said, and uh-oh. And I was like, well, we've been here before. We recognize it. Yeah, and I, I, I as I as I read through it, and you're exactly right, and I'm glad you glad you brought that brought that up. And I, when we're talking about acceptance, and and you know, we get into the, all the discussions about grooming and pedophilia and all the other nonsense that they equate with, particularly gay men. There was a there was a attached to this story. There were, and I don't know if it was done on purpose or not, but I clicked on it because they were talking about in 2023 that there's been nearly. Um, the amount of child abuse that has been uncovered once again in the Catholic Church. And they were talking about there were 2,000 uh, children abused by 450-some priests in Illinois, 150 priests uh, abused 600 children. In France, 216,000 children, mm -hmm. they said, had been abused since 1950. And I thought, where is all the outrage about that versus me worried about Drag Queen Story Hour, who's <laughs> not indoctrinating anybody. I don't know any drag queens that have been charged with pedophilia or, or indoctrination or anything, and I, or a transgender kid who wants to use a bathroom stall uh, to go to the bathroom. And I thought, where is, is this the media that's doing this? Or, you know, where, where is this overall thought of um, let's take care of children and make sure children's okay? Or it's just, it seems like this latest trope is we'll go after drag queens and trans people, which is quink, quink, gay people, right? Or yeah. LGBTQ people. And 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 uh, I guess as a community, a lot of us don't belong to organized faith. But, you know, the minute you start banging the drum about the the priest issues that have plagued, you know, dioceses from Boston to California, you know what I'm getting at, right? Globally. 
Um, it seems like they're, you know, that they're, even when they make movies about it and stuff, it's talked about, but then it's kind of pushed off stage a little bit. It's It's like guns, right? You don't want to talk, they don't want to talk about guns and they want to talk about, but you can talk about drag queen story. hour, Right. Yeah. You don't want to talk about AR 15s and, and what's going on in, in, in churches or the, the, the organized scouts or some of these other areas, which have had problems with uh with doing exactly what they're accusing drag queens of doing which have not been documented so that's the perfect example of what psychologists call projection yeah you say what you're doing you tell you you tell the world this person's doing this thing but it's you're actually saying i'm doing it (laughs) it's just so hypocritical yeah the other the uh the other story here we have is uh, i'll read the headline peloton bike instantly kills new york man after severing an artery family says in lawsuit. So this was on CNBC, but it was listed in a couple of places. Actually, the lawsuit happened a little while ago, but it was just made public. So there's a, a family of a New York man claims he was killed by his Peloton bike six months after buying it. But the company insists that it was his own negligence that caused his death. The guy's name is Ryan Furtado. He was living in, uh, in New York City. And he said he was doing, or they say he was doing his core workout on the Peloton bike. And he got out to do some exercises on the floor. And apparently they think what happened is he grabbed onto the bike to help get himself off the ground. The bike spun around, whatever happened, freak accident, hits him uh, in the neck and face and severs his his artery and killed him instantly. And so when the police did, I guess, a welfare check on him to see they came and found the bike on top of him. Mm -hmm. And so they're suing, they're suing Peloton saying, the family's suing Peloton saying that um, the bike was faulty and, and a whole bunch of other issues. To me, it was just, you know, he pulled on the bike and it, it was a, it was a, a freak I think accident. you said it, you said freak yeah. accident, right? Yeah. I, 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 this, I had read this as well. You had pulled this one and I read this and I just thought I've never, ever, ever heard of this happening before. Those bikes, you know, if you've been to an exercise studio, you've right. seen a Peloton bike, they're fairly stable Yeah, because <laughs> you're standing up and down, right? I mean, they, so who knows how this thing had to tip over to cause the problem, right? But, um. I, I think that uh, it's been, it's as you said, it's been in the court system for a little bit. I don't know how it will get resolved, but, you know, I, I sometimes puzzle about this. So anytime a, you sue a company or something, something's going to happen. There'll right. either be some form of a settlement that's really quiet. I don't think that the Peloton as a company will ever admit fault for this because I don't no. think they have to. Right. It wasn't I, I, the intended use of the bike, right? No, it's like, no, it's like never... suing someone for a pitchfork. Oh, you killed me with a pitchfork. Well, <laughs> I didn't think of that one. I like the pitchfork. Well, that's not, yeah, that's not what a pitchfork's used for. But I mean, I feel terrible about this. The guy was 32, and he, he, as you said, when it's whatever the accident was that did this, it severed his carotid artery. And we all know, if you know anything about the body, the minute the carotid artery is severed, it's boom, you're you're out instantly. So it's a horrible thing, no doubt about it. But I just don't know that Peloton's responsible for this, right? Yeah, no, it is. It's it's it was. Uh... It's different than you know. You've seen these videos for IKEA, you know, where like these dressers collapse, these kids are opening the drawers and climbing up, and then suddenly you see you go tip, tip, tip. And you're like, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> and then they change their policy. Now they have these things that uh, brackets to the wall. To, that that yeah, it's a, a fiber cord or fabric thing that like goes to so you anchor it so it doesn't tip over. But yeah, it's, yeah. So yeah, we'll see where that, but it's a nuisance. I, my guess is they'll look at it as a nuisance lawsuit, lawsuit and try to figure yeah. out how to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, the third one John found came from the Smithsonian Magazine. You love these sort of stories. I, do. I, I laughed at this one, but the headline is boy playing in sandbox finds 
1,800-year-old Roman coin. So there was an eight-year-old boy, um, Bjorn, who was playing in a sandbox in Germany, Bremen, Germany. And uh, as he was playing, he came across this coin and uh, obviously was excited about it. And uh, this eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy finds this coin in the sandbox and then brings it home to show his family. And lo and behold, they check and check and find out that it's one of these very rare um, 1800. I think there's only two in existence or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the part that got me. But what I couldn't figure out was... I, I always laugh about this with Europe when they just discover something. <laughs> like I, I was somewhere, I was in London one time on one of the red bus tours and they, yeah. they, they had just located a bomb that was on that the Germans had dropped near some world war two. Huh? Right. And I thought you're just finding it now. From <laughs> like the blitz. Was, yeah. Like, you know, someone just threw topsoil over it and left it until somebody else found it when they're going to plant some, you know, mums. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so the, the kid found it and, I thought I was always wondering about this. So why don't you say what what happened to the uh, to the to, to the to the coin? Because well, I don't know if I agreed with this. Well, so the coin um, is a rare silver denarius coin, and it was minted during the reign of Marcus Aurelius, considered one of the five good emperors. And and, re, and listeners who are are adept or know his work will know the work. The most famous thing Marcus Aurelius is known for is his piece called Meditations, which which is a collection of writings on his. Stoic, stoicism the stoic faith but the coin is now at the uh, bremen's folk museum so you know they the parents had this photographed and examined by experts and it's like one of two or three coins in the whole world there's very little silver in it because at that time in the roman empire they were starting to mix the metals because of inflation <laughs> sounds so familiar but now it's in the folk museum and um the little boy says the coin goes to the folks museum and I, I can stay, it can stay there and I can look at it anytime and others can too. And that was the end of that. But I thought, did anybody exchange money for this? Right. Is that what you're getting at? Well, yeah. Well, they, and they gave him some books on archeology. span yeah. Here I am, you know, you and I would be, you know, here kid, thanks for the priceless coin. Take these books on digging in dirt. You know, it's like these archeology. Books. Well, he's eight years old. I want the so, coin. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's eight. He's eight. So the books probably were like the best thing since sliced bread. Right. I mean, maybe but, I think you'd want the coin. I think he can always go to that museum for the rest of his life and say, I, I found, found that in a sandbox. And now well, I hope they I hope they acknowledge him. <laughs> they should have a picture of him on the little card, you know, that, right. that tells you would what your it mom is. and dad have turned it in or would they let you kept it? Uh, they would have probably turned it in. Yeah. You think so? Mm -hmm. I was yeah. trying to think what, what I would have done. I might have just held on to I'd have probably showed it to my brother. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> a piece of rusted where'd you get it sandbox piece, yeah whatever piece of metal off an old yeah. junk car here to enjoy it mm. let me get a chain for it. let me drill a hole through it and put a chain <laughs> on it wait right around your neck ruining the value forever yeah <laughs> so, so that's john's uh coin story i laugh when i saw that because uh th there's always those sort of things that pop up and we've yet to find anything no i know i know we've, we've got to find something so, hey, as we mentioned earlier, it's uh, it's Criterion Month here on TFG Unbuttoned and uh, the folks at Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, are uh, certainly have a number of Criterion um, titles there. And you can get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo. And without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Nash to talk about Pick That Flick. Pick that flick. We want to thank our friends at uh, Criterion for providing a big stack of movies, Blu-rays and DVDs of some of their uh, well-known titles 
that we're giving away during the month of September. Plenty of chances to win. If you don't guess this week on uh, TFG Unbuttoned, you could always have a chance to win something perhaps on the focus group. Um, so everybody's been doing great so far. Last two clues, I was surprised. We had a good response and people pretty much nailed it. <laughs> and as I said, some smart listeners were like, well, you know, if you're doing the socks, I could take some socks. Can you tell us what they were or what the, what I'm going to wait were? one more week because I wait? just okay. got some, uh, unbuttoned from last week. That people time were, shift. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but you know, that's never bad when someone says, Hey, maybe I want some socks instead. Cause that just means the movie, that's one more winner we could add to the list. So here's how the game works. I'm going to play a audio clue from a movie. If you know the title that this came from the title, of the movie it came from, drop us a line at letters at focusgroupradio.com. That's letters at focusgroupradio.com. Just tell me the name of the movie um, and provide your mailing address. Uh, we only use it to send the disc out. If it's an email you check frequently, you might just want to give me the clue and I'll send you a note back and say, you're right. What's your mailing address? You could send that along. If it's something you don't check too frequently, just include your mailing address or I'll just contact you anyway. But uh, here we go. I'm going to play the clue for you and uh, then you'll have a time to guess. No, no, no. You said that you were going to come back and you did. And these days, that is something to be commended and rewarded. This took me a while to locate this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this again for you. I can always tell when Tim gets quiet. He's puzzling over. I don't this. think I've ever heard that dialogue. All right, here we go again. No, no, no. You said that you were gonna come back, and you did. And these days, that is something to be commended and rewarded. <laughs> okay. Do you think I've watched this movie? Yeah, you have. You oh, have. you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Right. And I did too. And Bob reminded me that I watched it many years ago that's the only thing i'm going to say <laughs> i used to give a lot of clues when we were on serious tim got really don't do that don't give clues <laughs> everything but it starts with a b <laughs> <laughs> it was made in this year <laughs> stars um so letters at focusgroupradio.com if you know the movie that clip came from include your mailing address or i'll get in touch with you it's a rolling game, so some weeks we have people win everything. Some weeks their clues are harder, and so those discs move along to the next week. So there's always a chance to win. So uh, thanks for joining us here on TFG Unbuttoned, and big thanks to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. Keep your eyes peeled for the focus group. It's going to show up in your audio feed if you are... Um, how do we say following? We used to say subscribe, but so if follow, you're following like, it, subscribe. Yeah, if, <laughs> on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, the Focus Group's video show comes out on Wednesdays on Facebook Live and YouTube. And you can see that at 1 p.m. East Eastern Standard Time on Wednesdays, the audio drops Saturday. Again, have a great week. Good luck with the game, and we'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.